4 and verses of 1 through 7. Y'all have that? Okay, let's read that all together. Ready, read. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts. And I pray that, Father, you give me clarity of speech, clarity of thought, that I may minister the word as you give it to me. And I pray, Father, that God, as the word goes forth, it'll be glorified among your people and that, God, you'll manifest the signs that follow. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're on tonight this subject again, shut the door behind you, shut the door behind you. You know, we celebrated on this past Sunday, this past weekend, Rosh Hashanah, amen? And Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. Uh, we marked the closing of one year and the opening of another year, right? And we talked about at the, uh, this year we is entered, 5784. This is a review, 5784, and that number four is, comes from the Hebrew uh, letter Dalet. Remember that? You remember that? That letter is the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, has a numerical value of four, and uh, it, it typifies or, or pictures, portrays a door. In fact, an open door. Okay, an open door. And I told you that doors are indicative of change, transition, and relocation. Right? When you enter or pass through a door, you're changing rooms, you're changing locations, you're transitioning to a different place, you're relocating from one place to another. It's a door. You got it? And so uh, that's what this is about here. Jesus in John 10, verse 9, he said, I am the door. Remember he said, I am the way, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Here he says, I am the door, not a door, I am the door. And he said that if anyone enters by me, he'll be saved, and he will go in and out and find Pasture. Now, I remember I said Sunday, that's not talking about going in and out of that door. It's once you're in here, you can go about. Remember we're blessed going in, blessed coming out? Well, when God says you're blessed going in, blessed coming out, he don't mean in and out of the world. He's talking about within the realm of his kingdom, you're blessed going in, blessed, go, blessed coming out. Everything you're doing within the kingdom is blessed. So when you and I enter through the door of Jesus, everything we do within his kingdom, it'll be pasture. Green pastures according to Psalm 23, right? So I told you the Lord is inviting us to a higher dimension of living. He's inviting us through that door to move from natural living to supernatural living. From natural living to supernatural living. 
from, I talked about the frustration of nothingness, to invite us into the satisfaction of fullness. Everybody say fullness. 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 Everybody say fullness. fullness. And I talked about, you know, Sunday, how frustrating it is when you're, when you have nothing. You can spend years in school, four years, six years, eight years, ten years, and come out with nothing to show for it but debt. Not even a job in your field. Can't get the house they promised. Can't get the car they promised. Can't get all the luxurious life they promised. Talked about how you can work 20 and 30 years on a job and have nothing to show for it but two weeks vacation. Yet I showed you that even when you have nothing, if you act on the word of God, one word that you act on will change your life. I showed you Luke chapter 5. Remember that? Go to Luke chapter 5 with me real quick. Luke chapter 5. Remember the story of Peter when he's on this boat? Yes? Simon Peter's on this boat and uh, he's... Um, Done for the day. They've gone out fishing all night, and they're mending their nets, washing their nets. Jesus comes and said, let me, let me use your boat, and, Jesus, and Peter agrees. Uh, he obliges to let Jesus use his boat, and then the Bible says when Jesus had finished speaking, right, down there in verse 4, he said to Simon, launch out, your, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. A catch. King James used the word draught, which really is a huge catch. You're not going to catch a couple mullet here. This is, this is a huge catch, what Jesus is referring to. But Simon answered and said to him, what, Master, we have toiled, uh, we've worked hard, worked our fingers to the bone, done all we know how to do, and caught nothing. And this is the picture that the devil tries to get every one of us, the, the situation he tries to get every one of us in, where we work hard, we, we toil, which is not our lot in life. Toiling is not our lot in life. Toiling came as a result of the curse. Do y'all remember that? When Adam and Eve got into sin, God came along and cursed the ground, and he said, in toil, you're going to eat. You're going to have to toil to eat. That's part of the curse. But Jesus Christ came along, the last Adam, and corrected that he redeemed us from the curse. Y'all know the Galatians 3, 13 and 14. He redeemed us from the curse. So since we're, de- we're redeemed from the curse, we're not supposed to toil anymore. Okay? So the devil wants us operating like Peter, still, still toiling and catching nothing. And the, and the trick is, the trick is, he makes you think, well, the harder you work at it, something's going to eventually break. Y'all missing it. In other words, he gets you working hard, and when things aren't working, he'll say, well, work harder. Well, I'm going fast as I can. Run faster. But he'll have you running faster, working harder in the wrong direction. And here's Peter. He said, we've toiled all night. He said, we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And you know what happened, right? Peter's company went from we caught nothing to we can't handle it. 
Is that, is, that, is that in your Bible? They went from we caught nothing to we can't handle it. Because the Bible says that when they finally got this catch, it filled up his boat and, and the net began to break and they called for their partner, brought, bring their boat, filled up their boat, nets begin to break. In other words, we can't handle the harvest that God's given us. That's what God wants to do for you and me. If we'll get in his system, if we'll follow his word, he wants us to go from, from we catch nothing to we can't handle what we're ha what's coming in our lives. How many of y'all would like to have that happen in your lives where you can't, you can't handle all that's coming in your life? Hallelujah. It's too much for you. Glory to God. We call it overflow. That's what overflow, overflow is, is when you pour into a cup and the cup can't handle all that's coming into it. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? So that's where we're going, right? That's where this church is going, I can tell you that. It looked like we were catching nothing. <laughs> so it looked like we can't handle it. And if you're in this church and you're connected properly, guess what's supposed to be happening in your life, in your ministry, in your business, in your career, when you can't handle it. Amen? All right, go back to 2 Kings, please. 2 Kings 4, our main text tonight. 2 Kings 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we read the story about this, this widow woman, and I told you how, you know, she's in a, in a real bad situation, right? She's living basically with nothing. She's about to lose her two sons. That's the only things left she has of any value. The credit is coming, and she's already lost the furniture, already lost the bedroom set, already lost her silver pot set. Her, her wedding ring has been hawked. She's been to the pawn shop already, hawked the wedding ring, hawked the husband's wedding ring. Y'all looking at me all strange. Y'all been to the pawn shop. Stop looking at me like that. Oh, they, they look like they don't know what a pawn shop is. Hallelujah, cash a miracle. And so she's down to nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. But I want to remind you that it's when you're in that place of nothing, it seems that God does his best work. Hallelujah. I said when you're down to nothing, God's doing his best work. In fact, tell your neighbor, say, when, God, when you're down to nothing, God's up to, up to something. Tell them when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. That's how you can have hope in the midst of affliction. Because you know that it's not what it looks like. Hallelujah. That's why we got to raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Remember in 1 Kings 17, I preached on that a few years back. That woman who had that, that bin of flour. Remember she, uh, uh, Elijah came to her. Elijah came to her, 1 Kings 17. And uh, he asked for some water. Remember, God told Elijah, I'm sending you down there to this widow. I've commanded her to sustain you, right? 
he gets down there, he asks for some water, and she goes on her way to get the water, and he says, hey, why are you going to get the water? How about bring me, you know, bring, bring me a little cake. You got a little piece of pound cake or something, some cornbread, or skillet cornbread or something. Y'all know about skillet cornbread? Y'all know nothing about that hot water cornbread or anything? And uh, so she's going, he's, she's, she said, hey, I don't, I, don't, I don't have that. I don't have enough for that. She said, all I have is just, this just little cruise of oil and a little bit of uh, meal. That's all I have. And, my son, and I'm going to get, get two sticks, and I'm going to cook it, and my son and I, we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. In other words, she is saying that we're down to our last meal. This is it. But how many of you know that Jesus said over in Luke 4, he said that to none of, to none of those widows in Israel was, was Elijah sent except the woman in Zarephath. So in other words, Jesus makes it clear that the woman wasn't really going to take care of Elijah. Y'all miss it. That Elijah was going to take care of the woman. So when she was down to nothing, God was up to something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to catch this. God always has a divine arrangement on your behalf. And when it looks like you're about to lose it, look like, look like you don't have anything going for you, God has got something up his sleeve. He's about to reveal his mighty arm. What's, what's the scripture? Is Isaiah 53, I think it is verse 1, that it says, um, uh, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? In other words, other words, if you believe the report, God reveals his arm to you. When you have faith, God will reveal his power. He'll roll up his sleeve and show you what, what's up his sleeve for you in your life. But if you don't believe God, if you don't use your faith, then God can't release what's in his hand for you in your life. Are y'all getting this tonight? I told you Sunday, God hates nothingness. Everybody say, God hates nothingness. Remember Jesus Christ in Mark 11? He, he goes and he sees a fig tree from afar off, and he saw the leaves on it, and he, he thought, he figured that there would be something on it because he saw the leaves, and he got there, and when he got, uh, got ready to, to get something from the tree, there was nothing, the Bible says, there was nothing but leaves. There was nothing but leaves. Jesus was going there to eat, but he found nothing. And I told you, God hates nothingness. So what did Jesus Christ do? He cursed the fig tree and said, let no man eat, from you, eat fruit from you ever again. He cursed it because it was producing nothing. Although the Bible says it was not the season for figs. But see, faith doesn't consider seasons. I don't know if y'all got that. Faith doesn't consider seasons. So even though it wasn't a season for figs, Jesus cursed it because it didn't produce on demand. Okay, I, I don't know if y'all get this. I don't know if y'all catch this. This, this might, might be too much for Wednesday. Uh, but he, he, in other words, Jesus, Jesus knows who he is. Remember, he's demonstrating sonship. Y'all missed that. I said he's demonstrating sonship. So as sons, he's teaching us that we ought to expect on demand regardless of any season. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a recession or depression, if it's July, if it's August, if it's December, if it's January. It doesn't matter any season. If you have faith, you ought to expect your supply on demand. Y'all miss it. Your supply on demand. He daily loads, loads me with benefits. My God shall supply all my needs. He gives us our daily bread. Supply on demand. 
Hallelujah. See, faith doesn't consider seasons. Write, write this down. Write this down if you're writing. You, you, you don't need two kinds of faith. Now, I know we can give all kind of kinds of faith. We can give all kinds of definitions. But there's only two kinds when it comes to this time. Now. Y'all know now faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. So you don't need well, seasonal faith. You need now faith. This is a side note. Y'all better grab a hold of this. Now faith. Now I expect something to happen now. Somebody shout now. I know they say it ain't my season, but I'm expecting things to happen right now. I know they say it's supposed to take five years to do this, ten years to make this happen. No, no, no. Now. Now. You want to know the other faith of time, time faith? Even now. In the 11th chapter of John, Jesus, he goes to Lazarus' grave. He's going to see Mary and Martha because Lazarus has died. And Martha comes to, comes to him and says, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now. In other words, I wish you had come before Lazarus died. But I believe that even now. In other words, she said, my faith says it ain't too late. I don't know who this is for tonight. But if your now faith didn't work, you, got, you still can use your even now faith. In other words, in other words, in other words, now faith, now faith beats the deadline. But when the deadline passes, you don't give up your faith. You say even now. My God can still come through. Late in the midnight hour, my God can still turn it around. I don't care if time passes. I don't care if I got a default notice, even now. I don't care if it's stage four, even now. I don't care if they say I have no hope, even now. Sister Michelle, stand up. Sister Michelle, stand up. Sister Michelle testifying this morning that she just got a great report a few years ago, that a little more than four years ago, they told her uh, you had stage whatever cancer, you have one year to live. You had stage four cancer. You head to down to your liver, all over, to your lungs, and your liver got hit too. Later, yeah, remember I prayed. That's how I met you. Word of knowledge on the liver. Your liver had been affected by the chemo. They said you only had one year to live, but even now. Tell three people it ain't too late, it ain't too late, it ain't too late. What you believe in God for, it ain't too late, even now. Even now, don't believe God, it ain't too late, even now. See, you see, you see, time is not for us. See, time is of the earth. 
you and I are born from above, according to John 3. So we are above time. So you and I should never let time frustrate us. Never let time make us anxious. I, I, I taught this morning in prayer this morning. I taught, I taught, um, uh, don't, 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 take your time. That's what I taught this morning. Take your time. Don't rush it. Don't, don't rush into things. You rush into things, you're going to get it over into sin. Anybody ever rush into something and found out, oops, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that? Take your time. The only reason people, people get in a hurry because they have a shortage mentality. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, this ain't my message, but um, faith is what we need here. When you have a shortage mentality, like the store, the store going to run out of, out of uh, toilet paper, and, and, and the dealership, they're going to run out of cars, and the, the school, they're going to run out of classes, and I got to do it now. Take your time. Take your time. I'm going to throw this in here at nighttime because y'all won't hear it this morning. But I told, you, told people this a long time ago. When you're trying to come out of debt, don't ever rush to buy something because it's on sale. Because a sale is a lure. The sale is an enticement to spend money that you weren't going to spend. You weren't going to spend that money. But all of a sudden, the sale comes along, and oh, i got to get it because if I don't get it now, I'm, not, I'm never going to get that. No, yes, you are. If they put it on sale, that means it's already overpriced. And they have more. So take your time. Now, even now. So look at this situation in 2 Kings 4. This woman, she's in a dire and a desperate situation, but she gets a word from God. Verse 2, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? What do you have in your house? She said, I have nothing but a jar of oil. Then he said, he said, verse 3, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. So he gotta, she got to do exactly what he said. Yeah. Then verse 4, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Now, I ask the question, Sunday. Why shut the door behind them? Why? King James says shut the door upon them. Why shut the door? Why, why was shut the door so critical? I told you, everybody in, in town already knew she was bad. Everybody saw, because when she had the yard sale, they, they saw the stuff. They, 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 they saw the record come up, come and pull, you know, repossess the, the, the chariot. The record came and got the donkey from the front yard. They, they, they already knew she was bad off. So it, it wasn't to keep a secret. Oh, I'm going to show you something. It wasn't to keep a secret. It was to go into a secret place. Oh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna get something. Remember I, I taught you Sunday about this uh, air, air supported building. They probably got a picture of it. They can throw up on the screen. This air supported building because I told you they were closing one dimension and entering to another dimension, right? Closing off the natural, entering into this place, the supernatural. And I showed you how that the airport building, how it has two doors to get in. You, you, you enter into one door, but before you can go past through the, the inner door, you have to close that outer door. Because the building is held up by air pressure. It's a pressurized building. And if you make the mistake of opening both doors at the same time, the building deflates. You don't want a building to deflate. 
So, so by design, you have to open the outer door and close it behind you. And then once it's closed and sealed, now you open the next door that allows you to go into the building itself. And I was showing you that what God is doing, or what, what he requires rather, is that you and I, in order for doors to be open in front of us, we must close some doors behind us. And the mistake so many believers make is trying to um, uh, get, have, have a, a, a double door opening mentality. And, with, and if it, to, for a door to be open and closed at the same time, it's a revolving door, which means it lets you just kind of go in and out. You can just kind of go in circles, in and out and in and out in circles. Anybody ever got trapped in a revolving door? <laughs> now, I tell the truth. I mean, even, even when you were a kid, Okay, when you were a kid, did you ever play in a, in a revolving door? Okay, we played in a revolving door when you were a kid. Just go round and round and round, round and round and round and round and round. And that's what it looks like in the spirit for many believers. Go round and 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 round in circles in a revolving door. But God's system is designed like that. His system is designed that you must close whatever doors are behind you in the natural so then doors can be opened before you in the spirit. Are y'all following this here? Tell your neighbor, you need to close some doors. Hallelujah. See, we're asking God to open some doors. We're asking God, God, I need you to open a door. God, I need you to open a door. And the problem is God is saying, he said, I'll open that door as soon as you close that one. God, I need you to open the door in my finances. I'll open the door in your finances as soon as you close the door. God, I need you to open the door for me. I, I, I want to I settle down. I want my own boo. I, I want to I get, get married. And God is saying, I'll do that as soon as you cut off all them doors to all the bobos. All the little just-in-cases. Y'all missed that. You see, they, 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 can I tell the truth? Because everybody want to keep a just-in-case on, 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 on the side. I see what I want, but just-in-case. I have this one that I know, I know he or she's not perfect for me. Matter of fact, there's so many red flags. It looked like a like a like a like a bull run. There's so many red flags, but but uh, just in case the one I, I know is right don't work out, I'm a, you know I can go. I, I think I think the Lord telling me you the one. I think the Lord telling. No, the Lord ain't told you that. That's you telling you that. And the problem is, you 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 can't reach forward till you let go. You got to close that door. Hallelujah. You got to get rid of plans B and C. D and E and F and G. And H, I, J, K, elemental P. All the way to Z. And then A, A and B, B and C, C. <laughs> You got all kind of succession of backup plans. 
You got to do what it says in Psalm 107. talks about, uh, the Bible says, they came to their wit's end. And then they cried out to the Lord. They came to their wit's end. Wit, could come to your wit's end means you come to the end of your wisdom. In other words, you say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm done. Matter of fact, God, uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm a dumb sheep. Bad, bad, bad. I don't know what I'm doing. Just tell me what to do. I try A, I try B, I try C, and it ain't working. Right? Thank you, Jesus. Now, go to Psalm 78 real quick. Because if, if we keep earthly doors open, God has to shut heavenly doors. How many of you ever heard of the windows of heaven? Right? If, if, we, if we bring our tithe into the storehouse, right, there may be meat in this house that I'll open for you the windows of heaven. But how many of you ever heard of the doors of heaven? Psalm 78, look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? This is how the children of Israel respond. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Yeah, that's, that's rude, ain't it? That's, that's, that's just, that's nasty is what it is to God. Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, meaning Israel, and anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors. Now we've heard of windows, but what happens when God opens doors of him? Now, most of us have, our doors are bigger than our windows. It's very rare you find windows that are larger than doors. There are some picture frame windows, but you, don't, you can't open them. The kind of windows that you can open are usually smaller than doors. So we've been on a God opening a window of heaven mentality, and God said, I, know I can open the doors of heaven. Oh, y'all better grab a hold of that. You, you better up your faith. I'm talking about you moving from windows of heaven to doors of heaven. He said, yet he had opened the doors of heaven, had rained down manna. Now, manna is supernatural. Giving them bread of, bread of heaven, men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the barely getting by. To the what? So they were out there with nothing, but God made sure they had full, fullness of food. Why? He opened the doors of heaven. So if you and I want the fullness from heaven, now this is not some food that they have to go out there and grow it, harvest it, process it, bake it. It came ready from heaven. Y'all missing that. It came from heaven ready. It's like when Jesus in John 2 turned water into wine. There was no planting grape seed and growing grapes and then harvesting the grapes and, and you know, jump stomping on the grapes and everything. And then, no, no, he just, he said, he said, he said, draw some out. What? Draw some out what? What, what, what kind of faith did he have now? He said, draw some out now. 
Because the moment he said now, it changed from water to wine. That's supply on demand. That's supply, y'all, supply on demand, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so it says he opened the doors of heaven. Doors. That word doors, if you look it up in the Hebrew, is the word delet. It's the word delet. So he opened the delets of heaven. This is the year of the delet here. The year of the open door. What happened when God opened the doors of heaven? They got supernatural supply. Instant. Instant food. I, I don't think y'all are still, you're still not catching it. I told you they didn't have to grow it, harvest it, beat it, process it, cook it. It came ready. That means there are some things that God will begin to give you that you're not going to have to work with it. There's no toy, y'all. This side might be the one getting it. That's y'all slow. It's some things God's going to bring you. In other words, in other words, your next car, you're not going to have to go fix it up. I had enough of fixing up. Your next house won't be a fixer-upper. We've been so used in our, in our culture of getting second-hand, third-hand, just, you know, Give me something. I, I can, I can give me, oh, that's a lawnmower. Look, give me that old broke down lawnmower. I'll fix that lawnmower up. No, man. I'm going to fix her up lawnmowers. The doors are open. Tell your neighbor, the doors are open. Ready-made blessings. Y'all better grab a hold of Ready-made blessings. Eyes have not seen. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Neither ears have not heard. Neither has an entrance to the heart of the things that God has prepared. Prepare. It's already ready. Somebody hit your neighbor in the face and say, no, 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 don't do that. But tell him it's already ready. It's already ready. Your next round of blessings is already ready. Your next manifestation is already ready. The next level you're going to is already ready. The next dimension you're going to is already ready. You ain't got to fix it up. You ain't got to get it ready. You ain't got to put it up. It's going to come to you pretty. It's going to come to you settled. It's going to come to you ready. It's going to come to you set. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to come down. You got to shout about that right now. That's when the doors are open. That's when the doors are open. So the, the thing is, thank you, Jesus. You have to shut off the doors of your fixer-upper mentality. You gotta, you gotta cut that tree. You gotta curse that tree. Get rid of that tree of I gotta, everything I get, I gotta fix it up. Ask your neighbor, aren't you tired of fixing up everything? Aren't you? Yeah. 
ain't had enough of fixing up everything? that boy boy that's fresh from heaven right there I've been there man I've been there I used to, I used to go, go I used to go to the kidney foundation y'all know what the kidney foundation it was a thrift store I used to go to the kidney foundation thrift store and buy suits and buy pants and buy jackets and stuff and you know they don't they don't fit right you got to go and get them get them kind of sewn and tailored you know they got rips so you got to go and fix them up just to, just to wear them and put them in their dry cleaners and get the old mothball smell out of them no I ain't doing that no more Royalty. Come on, tell them you. I decree for some single person, the next person you date, you ain't got to get them all fixed up. You ain't got to get them fixed up, baby. They're going to come ready. They're going to come saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, with a mighty burning fire, running for Jesus. Got their mind made up, got their heart fixed, running with the Lord. Hallelujah! You ain't gotta fix them up. I dated Tessa, but you ain't got time for no more projects. You know what I'm talking about? You ain't no more projects, man. Build a bear. Be working on nobody. That's not be working on nobody. Shoot. They got that kind of time. But I want to tell you the secret. It's, this is an open door policy. But the open door policy is married to a closed door policy that requires you and me to close some doors that we, we left. You know, you know, sometimes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, this is a, a Jeff I security team talking about that. People go out, go out the little side door and they'll put the little, the little kick down to keep the door from closing behind them. They want to prop the door open because, you know, if I need to come back in real quick. And what, we need, what we're doing is we're, we're propping the doors open. We're, we're, putting a, a little, we're putting a little piece of paper in the latch so it won't really latch and lock real because just in case I need to step. No, 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 no. You got to let it go. Tell your neighbor, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Let, let's, let, let's, 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 let's find the secret. Now remember, the instruction to this woman was, when you go in there, shut the door. Now go to Matthew 6. 
Matthew 6. Oh, Jesus. Some of y'all getting ahead of me. Matthew 6. Verse 6. Matthew 6. Verse 6. You're about to see a secret. But you, when you pray, go into your room and win. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father. Stop there. Now, listen, look, I want to help you for a moment. Because all of a sudden we get this idea, we see this verse, and we have whole movements of people who base their whole prayer lives and prayer ministry on having your prayer room and your little closet. And you go hiding in your little closet because you just said when you go into your room, close your door behind you, close your door. And so people, all they, they, they think the only way you can pray is you if you go in some little dark little room and you close a door. If that was the case, why would Jesus almost every morning go out to the sea and pray? I'm going to come back over here because they heard me. Y'all didn't hear me. If that was the case, why would Jesus himself go out every morning almost, Matthew chapter 1 right around verse 35, and he pray by the water almost every morning? Or he'd go up on the mountaintop. He wasn't going into some room and closing some door. That's not the point. That's not the point. He's talking about entering a place. He's not talking about a physical room because there's no record in scripture of him or the disciples or anybody else we know ever going into some room. He's talking about people, 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 people giving up a whole bedroom in their house and a whole closet in their house because this is my prayer room and can't, you can't come to my prayer room and all that. That ain't what he's talking about. He's talking about entering into a place with him. Where you close the door and everything, that means your cell phone don't come with you and you ain't reading the paper and you ain't reading the book. He's talking about getting into a secret place with him. You Listen, I go walking around my neighborhood in a secret place. I'm outside in the wide open. I'm in a secret place walking all around my neighborhood. He's not talking about a room in your house. Are y'all hearing this here? He said, when you go into this, into this room, he said, close, shut your door. Shut your door. Pray to your father who is in. Now, the, he's in the secret place. It's where you shut the door. It's where you close everything off. The moment you shut everything off, you are in the secret place. The moment you cut off everything else, you are in the, instantaneously. 
Some of y'all look like they ain't talk. He said, shut your door, pray to your father's in the secret place. Now, where's your father again? I thought, I thought Jesus said, our father who art in heaven. Let's <laughs> mess up your theology. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus just said he's in a secret place. Oh, he's not in heaven? He's absolutely in heaven. But you can, when you go into your place, you are immediately teletransported. You, uh, um, when the woman and her sons shut the door behind them, they left. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. When that woman and those boys shut the doors behind them, they left. I mean, they they were they were there physically, but they left that this this. 3D world and they move into the fourth dimension. How else do you explain getting oil that wouldn't stop? In the, I'm talking too deep for y'all. But I got I can't, I, I can't come down. In the third dimension, the oil would have stopped. But in the fourth dimension where they left and went to, the oil just kept on going. It kept on going. It just kept on pouring. It just kept on flowing. That's in the fourth dimension. And so when Christ is in telling us to go into your secret place and close a door, he's saying, go, leave the third dimension. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come up hither. Come up higher. I can show you some things up here. Don't stay down there. Don't Listen, don't stay down there talking about, Lord, I'm not worthy to come before your throne right now. Come up. Come up higher to a dimension, to a realm, to a place where we live, where we operate. Who's following what I'm saying to you tonight? don't need you to go into your closet with your stinking shoes. He's talking about getting into a place with him. Give me um, Psalm 91 verse 1. Give me Psalm 91 verse 1. Tell your neighbor, you got to get here. You got to get here. Your father who hears in secret will reward you openly. When you get into the fourth dimension, he's going to reward you in the third dimension. In this three-dimensional world. Oh, y'all, thank you. Lord, help me. The Bible says he's blessed us with every, Ephesians chapter 1, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Your blessings are in the fourth dimension. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you got to get them to materialize yes, sir. Yes, sir. in this three-dimensional world. Come on. Come on, sir. How do I get my blessings down into this three-dimensional world, which already exists? 
Oh, y'all missed that. Which already exists. It says he has blessed us. He has. That's already past tense. He's already got your car and your house and your spouse and your children and your money and your ministry and your career and your building and your... He's already got it. Well, how do I get it from up there in the fourth dimension down this three-dimensional world? I got I to gotta leave. I got to... The Bible says we're born again unto an inheritance, incorruptible, reserved in heaven for us. So all of our inheritance is reserved in heaven. <laughs> so I have to go up there to get it, to get it down here. Thank you, Jesus. Are y'all still alive tonight? You're still Y'all not choking, are you? I got, I got to get in a secret place. Now watch what Psalm 91 one says. Can you read? Can you read at home? Ready? Read. Now wait a minute. Jesus told us when you pray... Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father in the secret place. And then the father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So in other words, you can go through prayer and enter the secret place. But Psalm 91 one tells us, I can dwell there. I can live there. I don't have to visit every once in a while. Oh, Jesus, I, I want to stand on that chair. Can live from the fourth dimension. I can live from that realm. He who dwells lives. That word lives, like you dwell in your house, you live in your house. He who lives in the secret place of the Most High shall live under the shadow. That word shadow means to cover, to to uh, overshadow of the Almighty. The word Almighty is the Hebrew word El Shaddai, which means the Almighty One. It means the All-Sufficient One. It means the God who is more than enough. I better say it again. El Shaddai means the Almighty One, the All-Sufficient God, who is more than enough. Y'all missing this. Chris, you're getting it, man. You're getting it. If I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I'll abide under the covering of the almighty, all-sufficient God, who is more than enough. So, so when the woman went into the secret place, she got access yes, to the almighty, uh -huh. all-sufficient God, uh -huh. who is more. So that's why her little jar yes, filled the first vessel. Yes, filled the second vessel. Yes, filled the third vessel. Yes, Keep them coming, boys. Fill yes, every vessel until they ran out of vessels because she was, she was drawing from a different dimension. Yes, sir. 
She was in the place of the Most High. She was in the secret place of the Most High and was drawing the supply from there, not from here. And if you and I keep trying to live off here, we will run out. I know none of y'all ever ran out before. But if we keep trying to live off what we get here, we will run out time after time after time. But that secret place has no limits, has no boundaries. So, good gracious. Now, the secret place, you are in a realm with God. Say, I'm in a realm with God. Say, in the secret place, I'm with God. Now, let's marry that with Luke 137. For with God, nothing, nothing. Now, remember the problem that this woman was dealing with? Nothing. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Come on, y'all wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm, I'm going to let y'all go in three minutes. Remember the, her problem in, 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 in first Kings, in Second Kings 4? She has nothing. But when they shut that door, they got with God. And with God, nothing. So because she was with God, she couldn't stay in nothing. Man, I'm going to go home with y'all. Because she got in a secret place, Shante, she couldn't have nothing anymore. If you and I will shut the door to everything the enemy said, shut the door on conventional wisdom, shut the door on our own intellect, and get in the place with God, nothing in your life will be impossible. It'll be impossible for you to have nothing. All right, y'all got it. Everybody say the secret place. Isaiah 45, verse 3. God said, I will give you the treasures. Oh, man. Y'all, come on now. Help me. Y'all read it. Come on, somebody. Come on. I will give you. Of secret, so there are some riches, but they're hidden in secret places. Well, I don't know. God, I'm, how am I going to make it? Get in a secret place. You don't need another seminar. You don't need another video. You don't need another weekend course. You need three days, three nights of fasting. Y'all ain't, y'all see how quiet y'all got? Because the same chapter in Matthew 6, 
that said when you pray in secret also said when you fast. God who is in secret place will answer you in the open when you fast. So fa matter of fact, I'm just going to lay down the law on you. What, you. what you need to do, tell your neighbor what you need to do, is to pray, is to fast, and sow a seed. Those are all three things. Y'all see how quiet y'all are? Those are all three things Jesus put in Matthew 6 as to how to get an answer in the open. He said, do these things. Pray, fast, and give in secret, and your Father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. Don't shut me down because I'm preaching good. I was with you on that prayer thing, Pastor, but no, that fast, and I, my flesh can't handle that, and that, that giving thing, I sure ain't going to do that. Well, just keep working it your way till you get tired. Because the promise Jesus made in Matthew 6 is if you do those things in secret, your heavenly Father who sees you in the secret place will reward you openly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go back to 2 Kings 4. Let's just take it home. home. Let's just look at the story. Let's just read it out. We can, we can go home. We can read it and go home. Because I've already given you the secrets. Verse 4, when you've come in, shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it, meaning the oil, into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, mom, mom, ain't no more. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my vernacular right there. There is not another vessel so the oil ceased. That means as much as she prepared for in the natural, the spiritual provided. I'm waiting y'all to wake up now. As much capacity as she had in the natural, the spiritual prepared, it poured out. I heard a good, good friend of mine say this, God will never waste, he'll only pour. So as much as she prepared for, the oil flowed. And then the oil ceased. Thank you, Lord. Then verse 7. Remember her big problem was, had nothing, about to lose her sons. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. Now, I want you to see that she went from nothingness to fullness. How full was she? I'm glad you asked. She and her sons lived on the rest. Now, we don't know how old she was. And we don't know how old they were, but we assume these were young men or boys. And for them, the sons, to live 
on the rest. He didn't, he didn't mean, he didn't say go sell the oil and you, you and your sons try to get by for the next couple years, next few days on the rest. He said, no, you and your sons go live on the rest. That meant that she never had to work another day in her life and her sons. I don't know if y'all get a hold of this. Because her sons took part in the process, they got part of the manifestation. That's why when you believe in God for things, bring your family in on it, bring your children in on it. No, we're going to work out faith together. I want you to see what God has done. I want you to know what God can do. And because they did that, the sons lived on the rest. Now, how much oil was that? For two generations worth? Can anybody here believe God for a two generational blessing to flow in your life? Could you imagine overnight going from nothing, from dead broke to multi generational wealth? How she got it? The secret place. If you don't remember anything else tonight, I want you to remember the secret place. Is to come up into that place with God where you fellowship with him. Hallelujah. The Bible says God reveals the secrets of those who fear him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think that's Psalm... 25, verse 14. The secret is Psalm 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. God has secrets. Not that he's keeping from you, but that he's keeping for you. Y'all missed it. Not that he's keeping from you, he's keeping for you. The things that are hidden belong to God. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. So he reveals things. It is the glory of God to conceal the matters, the glory of kings to search it out. So there are things God has for us. But we have to take the time, stop all of our busyness and get into the secret place with God. Talk to him and then shut up and let him talk to you. Some days you might just want to spend more time just listening. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Now shut up. Mm, I praise you. What are you doing? You're getting the secret place. I don't need to. I don't need to hear what CNN and Fox have to say. I don't need to know what anybody else has to say. I don't need to know what what Twitter and TikTok and Instagram had to say this morning. Some folks, soon as they get out of bed. <laughs> Oh, my 
Checking for all your notifications. Secret place. Secret place. Everything you need is in a secret place. Y'all got it? Shut the door behind you. Come on, give God a praise if you receive that word tonight. Come on, I bet you ought to give God a bigger praise than that. Hallelujah. Everything we need in that secret place. Mita, give me Isaiah 55, please. Verse 1, 2, 3, all, all that. Because you know, man, you can pay $99 for a seminar, $5,000 for a seminar, and all that kind of stuff, and somebody coaching and training and mentorship. Look at Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho! Oh, means, look, listen. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. In other words, God is saying, I'm not going to charge you if you come in my secret place. There's no cost for that. No cover charge. No, but wait, there's more. You buy this and we'll sell you all our books for $75. And our next round will be only 30% off. No, God says, just come free. I'll tell you everything you need to know. But you know the problem with most of us? That's too simple, God. That's too simple. It's got to be harder than that. I need, I need something harder to do than that. I need something harder than just going and dipping seven times in the Jordan River. I need something harder than that. I got to take classes for six months. It's got to be something hard. I got to spend $5,000. It can't be that easy. Yes. 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 Now, will God tell you to do things like that? Yes, but it better be him telling you to do it. And then everything you want will come out of there. Amen? Lord God, tonight, thank you so much for what you've spoken to us. I believe you've challenged us in such a powerful way to step out of this three-dimensional world into that place, that secret place with you, the fourth dimension where there's no limit. In this three-dimensional world, we say the sky is the limit, but in the fourth dimension, there is no limit. There's no boundaries in that dimension. In that dimension, we really walk in the fullness of who we are. We see you face to face. Reveal to us who we are in you. When we step in that fourth dimension, Father, every problem all of a sudden gets tiny, minuscule. Father, I pray that each person tonight who's heard this word here, those who've been watching and those who will watch later on, that God, 
this word penetrates every heart. And um, we accept the challenge to come up higher. Your word says to, for us to forsake our ways and forsake our thoughts. For your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You told us to forsake that stuff. Close the door on those ways and those thoughts. And open the door on your ways and your thoughts. So God, we abandon human wisdom. God, we accept the wisdom that comes from heaven above. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Show us what's next. Like your word said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, has entered the heart of many things you prepare for those who love you. But they have been revealed to us through your spirit. So thank you that, Father, by the eyes of the spirit, we can see things that are prepared for us. We don't waste our time with things that are not ready-made for us. We're done with projects, done with fixer-uppers, ready to walk in that place that everything is already set, coming from heaven, perfect condition just for us. We believe it's, it's so. We believe it's so. And we receive it in our lives. I pray that God, this word be sealed in our hearts. We might not let it go. We'll see the manifestation of it in our, in our lives. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, shout amen. 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 Come on, put those hands together tonight one more time.